Hello everybody, my name is Ramon, and this is Ramon's Gadget Talk for Thursday, 17th of August, 2023. In this week's episode, we've got plenty of things to talk about. Xiaomi uh, launches a new folding phone, uh, the latest sort of iteration of the Mix Fold lineup, the Mix Fold 3. Along with that, uh, OnePlus uh, has a new phone, which you can say is basically OnePlus 11T, even though they've not announced that or the... Uh, 12 or the 11T basically if you think about it where we as I'm talking about the ace 2 pro from OnePlus, pretty interesting phone we'll get to later on uh, plus LG has apparently made a TV that you can carry it's like in a suitcase but you can uh, but you can carry it around it's portable pretty much so we're, uh, we're going to talk about this and much more so let's get rolling shall we first up is the Xiaomi Mix Fold 3 Basically, you think about it, this is Xiaomi's answer to the Galaxy Z Fold 5, and it's a very interesting, uh, slim and compact folding phone. It's quite uh, slim and lightweight, according to Xiaomi, weighing at just 255 grams, and that would be roughly uh, when folded. And when you unfold the phone, pretty much it's only 5.26 millimeters thickness, but obviously when uh, folded up, it's just 10.86 millimeters, not any more he uh, thicker than most flagship phones these days. So it's quite a compact phone, and it's quite lightweight and thin uh, when you use it. And this is because Xiaomi has uh, created a unique hinge, obviously compared to the water drop style hinge that's been there already. But now they've created apparently a hinge that has that is 8% narrow and takes 17% uh, less space compared to the previous uh, hinge on the Mix Fold 2. But more than everything is the hinge structure on which the phone, you can say the folding display hinges on. I didn't make that up, I promise. Uh, th this is basically a tri-element uh, connecting rod structure and features 14 micro hinges. And that means that the phone can go all the way from 45 degrees angle to 135 degrees uh, pretty, uh, and can sort of stay at that angle without any issues. But pretty much it can hand, it, it's very strong. and can handle drops and bumps and kicks. Um, and again, holds on holds the water drop foldable display uh, in place compared to the uh, to the design with two rods in the hinge basically it's a three rod design and it's a bit uh, more it's much stronger and durable and apparently the main structure is made of ultra high strength steel which has a yield strength of 1800 uh, megapascals so it's about the weight of 30 cars according to show me which is pretty uh, surprising along with carbon ceramic steel rotating mechanism within the hinge basically it's quite uh, durable if you think about it another aspect of the mix full 3 is it or the inner display has ultra thin glass which apparently is 2.25 times stronger than a cpi display a colorless polyamide display which is basically a plain old plastic uh, but as for display material but again it's much strong more stronger and hence is more durable and the R display is a regular normal OLED screen AMOLED with Gorilla Glass Victus 2, giving you 50% improvement in drop resistance compared to the previous Gorilla Glass Victus, uh, pretty much. And speaking of durability and improved displays and hinge, the Mix Fold 3 has been uh, has gotten certified by TUV Rhineland. Uh, to handle up to 500,000 folds on the hinge. So it's very durable and will last you 
a fairly long time for comparison for comparison samsung's galaxy z uh flip four or flip five sorry um and the fold five by extension uh is certified and has actually been tested to handle up to four hundred thousand uh folds so your typical phone use over i think like 10 years whereas this one is a little more at five hundred thousand half a million folds so that's pretty interesting uh, in a way and already on top of it all um, it's going to come in glass, uh, in a glass back, and also a special edition, which is apparently a custom uh, composite fiber, which combines high-strength aramid and ceramic fiber. So it's kind of ceramic, but it's quite durable, and again, is designed to handle bumps and kicks and drops, pretty much, uh, with a folding phone. like So it's like a regular high-end flagship phone, and designed like one, and not a kind of living, walking prototype, or a kind of well, this is what we think is the future, but you're not getting all the nice uh, features from now. That's kind of Samsung in a nutshell uh, with the Z Fold 5. Whereas here you're getting ultra high-end flagship specs, which is Im important because the kinds of folks who are going to be buying these phones have uh, have pretty good money to spend on a phone. And again, they want to get the very best for not much. So that's pretty cool. And speaking of which, the cameras. This is where the Mix Fold 3 shines compared to the uh, Z Fold 5. And um, what I mean by it shines, it has a quad camera setup with Leica lens uh, on all of them. So you have a main, a wide 23mm sensor, f1.77 aperture, along with a 15mm ultrawide um, which goes up to 120 degrees field of view, 75 millimeter telephoto, and 115 millimeter periscope uh, lens, uh, which are the kind of two zoom sensors you get. So you get two zoom sensors on the Mix Fold 3. So if you like to take, uh, you know, if you like to take photos of a lot of perspective, this is probably the phone you might want to get. And apparently, the 115 millimeter periscope uh, camera uh, can also do 30 centimeter super macro shots. So it's quite versatile, naturally. Um, but yeah, the Leica lens means that the main, the white sensor, the main camera pretty much gives you ultra low color dispersion. Um, pretty much that's all basically on all the sensors. And again, it cuts out any sort of irregularities with the color and contrast and gives you more precise photos, uh, generally speaking. But if you look at the overall camera specs, I'm just going to pull them up here real quick. Uh, the full three comes with a 50 megapixel wide camera, an IMX 800 sensor, a, 100, a 12 megapixel ultra wide angle camera, 120 degrees field of view, f2.2, a 10 megapixel telephoto lens uh, camera, uh, f2.0, and a 10 megapixel periscope sensor, f2.92. So that go up to 115 millimeters so it goes quite far out so it's pretty cool in a way and you get a 20 megapixel selfie camera on both the inside and the outside so that's pretty interesting in a way and like the Xiaomi uh, 13 Ultra and the 13 series it comes with quite a lot of the uh, Leica optimizations that you expect to get uh, on Xiaomi phones these days and while we're already kind of already talking about some of these features, the Mix Fold 3 comes with the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2. Um, and it's basically a special version for Xiaomi's, you know, foldable, uh, more optimized uh, to with quicker loading times and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool in a way. And again, it comes with all the sort of typical features that uh, folding phones of this caliber come with, special software modes. So you can sort of take photos at like an angle and, you know, and you can control 
different apps and run multiple apps generally but more interesting than all is the battery it comes with a 4800 million power battery and it's apparently giving a 10 percent increase in capacity compared to the mix fold 2 but more than everything they've come up uh, they have a dual battery structure on either side of the phone uh, similar to the similar to the magic uh, to the Honor Magic V2, that's going to be getting a global release later on uh, in September. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but generally, coming back to the Xiaomi, uh, you have a dual battery structure on the left and right of the phone. And apparently the battery is a silicon carbon battery, which is interesting. So it'll be a bit more, uh, it'll last a little bit more. And again, it's of a different chemistry. So you can pack a 4800 million power battery. But also it comes with Xiaomi's Surge battery management system, which comes with a uh, with a G1 chip to manage the battery generally, along with a P2 charging chip uh, from Xiaomi. That means you can get 67 watt wired fast charging and 50 watt wireless fast charging, which is which you don't really see in folding phones, um, unlike the Mix Fold 3, which comes with both wired and wireless fast charging. So that's pretty interesting. And we talk about display, I've mentioned already that there is a ultra thin glass display, an eight inch uh, ultra thin glass display and a regular uh, OLED display on the back at 6.56 inches. So one can technically say that you're getting a, a regular high-end phone and a mini tablet in one. I can't say that for most uh, folding phones in the market uh, pretty much. One thing I want to add is that the composite fiber version weighs 255 grams, whereas the glass variant comes at roughly 259 uh, grams. So that's pretty interesting. You won't really know, tell the difference unless you obviously have both phones side by side, but they're quite, uh, they're quite lightweight and uh, thin compared to most phones out there. But if you look at the specs, you're getting, you're really getting quite a lot for your money. Uh, but I want to say that this phone uh, starts at $1,200 in China. And it's quite interesting for you get for about $1,200, you get the 8 Gen 2, an optimized version of it from the looks of it, an 8-inch inner display, a 6-inch hour display. And it's a pretty good phone in its own right. The only problem is, is that the Mix Fold 3 is only going to be available in China at launch and completely so we might not be seeing this outside of mainland china in the foreseeable uh, for the moment and that's kind of a deal breaker it's, i think this is the biggest uh this is the tough part about this phone it's really good but again it seems like uh, xiaomi hasn't really got around to releasing a global variant of it um it's a lot of work to sell foldable fo uh, folding phones just ask samsung you know i think that's why they keep the spec more or less vanilla because it's a lot of work to sort of uh, uh, to it's a lot of work to get certified to have the right version of Android and there might be a lot of things behind the scenes we don't know of but then again I really do hope that their next folding phone uh, is a global release because we really need some much needed competition but oh well there's Oppo on the other hand and Honor that is bring and Google probably that's bringing a lot of competition to the table so uh, that's pretty interesting but if you really like all the parts of the phone, really the the thin, the overall the compact form factor, the cameras, I'd say it probably might be worth importing it from AliExpress, importing it uh, from China. Obviously, buying a global variant of AliExpress with the global ROM on it, you can get those uh, versions as I've said earlier many times, kind of with these phones. It might be worth importing, but. Um, 
if you really are looking for a foldable, there, as I've said, there are lots of uh, pretty good options if you know where to look. And uh, the Honor foldables are going to be coming kind of soon. So if they are available quite widely, I'd recommend that over, well, the Xiaomi. Uh, but it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty excellent alternative to the uh, Galaxy Z Fold 5 um, for what it is. You get much better cameras, you get much better battery life potentially, you get a much better form factor and you kind of get a, a premium high-end phone and a mini tablet in one. Now that's quite a, uh, that's quite a tagline. I don't think there are foldables out there that fit that as I said earlier. But uh, a pretty cool uh, phone that goes sort of goes out of the box pretty much. All right, let's talk about another phone that's not going to be available around the world, but only available in China, and that is the OnePlus Ace 2 Pro. Try saying that in one sentence. It's pretty difficult. Ace 2 Pro. I almost confused it for the Ace V2 Pro, but it's the Ace 2 Pro, and it's a China-only device, but it's interesting in a lot of ways. It's basically the OnePlus 11T, but we're not going to be getting a T variant OnePlus this year, and that's the thing in a way. It comes in green and gray, typical OnePlus colors, you know what I mean. But more than interesting, uh, more than everything, uh, the OnePlus Ace 2 Pro, again, it's very difficult to say, you get confused, has a 6.74 inch 120 hertz OLED display, uh, two, uh, roughly 2,772 by 1,240, a 5,000 million power battery, 150 watt uh, wired fast charging, it also happens to come with the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2, the flagship processor of choice uh, for flagships in 2023, uh, and there's nothing better than that, pretty much. But more than everything, it's the RAM capacity, the memory or the storage you'll be getting. You get 256 gigabytes of storage or one terabyte on the OnePlus Ace 2 Pro, and also uh, either 12 gigabytes of RAM, or get this, 24 gigabytes. Yes, that's more RAM than basically like the, it's like more than 16 gigabytes, it's 24. It's 24 gigabytes is a lot uh, for the average smartphone user, but if you really are a power user, think about it. You can play all the Android games you can think about at full resolution, full speed, and you could probably run three different FPS shooters in the background. You could, uh, you could obviously do some Nintendo Switch emulation on this, forget some retro consoles, Nintendo Switch, you can emulate it on this bad boy. You can even run your own knockoff version of ChatGPT if you're very adventurous and you're a bit of a, a curious programmer. You can run an onboard generative AI algorithm, you have enough RAM to do that. 24 gigabytes is more than what you get on some laptops these days. Uh, for comparison, I think the MacBooks mostly you get up to 16. You could you could get a 16 gigabyte RAM variant, and it doesn't like go beyond that. So you're getting more RAM than most folks's MacBooks. Uh, 24 gigabytes is a lot. You could do quite a lot on here. So running hundreds uh, of apps would not be an issue in the background. You can jump between them at any time. And it's basically a mid-year upgrade of the OnePlus 11. Uh, and while we're at it, it comes with Bluetooth 5.3, Wi-Fi 7, which is pretty cool to have on a uh, high-performance phone. A, on, when it comes to cameras, when it comes to cameras, you have a 50 megapixel main IMX 890 sensor with optical image stabilization, 8 megapixel ultra-wide 112 degree field of view, and 2 megapixel macro, along with a 60 megapixel uh, selfie camera on the front like most OnePlus phones these days. So it's a pretty interesting 
it's it's basically the OnePlus 11T. They have not released the 11T, but this is basically if it ever were to be released outside of China, it would be the OnePlus 11T. Interesting being that this is only for the Chinese market. They've ditched glass for Asahi protective glass, which I've never heard of, but it's pretty interesting in a way. Uh, the phone's price is pretty interesting. And it's not like the prices they have outside of uh, in the rest of the world. The Ace 2 Pro will start at $411, that's 3,000 yuan RMB for the base spec. Um, and then for the top of the line one with one terabyte of storage and 24 gigabytes of RAM, expect to pay about over $540 or about 3,999 uh, 3 yuan uh, RMB, which is $548. So it's pretty interesting. And, um, but, Weirdly enough, OnePlus has claimed that they're not going to be releasing a T-series uh, phone, a OnePlus T uh, phone, an 11T. I don't think we'll be seeing it, but um, I mean, it would be a different spec phone all of a sudden. They would, they would be almost close to the 11 Pro and 11 in in terms of the specs and the overall uh, design. So it's pretty interesting, in a way. And uh, but uh, they've shown they. The extra RAM, 24 gigabytes of RAM, that's uh, that's a unique feature. I don't think there's another phone. But the thing is, the uh, let's just say the rabbits are the hat. Let's say this is the first phone to come with 24 gigabytes of RAM. The NAND flash chips are already available for it. So you could say the rabbits are the bag. So you could expect to see more phones with this much uh, memory uh, coming fairly soon. So if you can't get the Ace 2 Pro, there'll probably be another phone down the road with 24 gigabytes of RAM. It's already out there. So, you know, we might see another phone with this much memory and storage potentially. So, uh, but still pretty cool phone nonetheless. All right, let's talk about some rumors about the iPhone or the upcoming iPhones to say at least. Firstly is we got some details. Uh, this is basically what an analyst has said about the iPhone 16 that's going to come out next year. So if you're looking to get a new iPhone next year, you might want to listen up. According to an analyst, uh, where did it go here? Uh, according to Jeff Poo, um, in an investor note, the iPhone 16 uh, Pro, the Pro variant, is the exciting one, as I tend to say, the Pro, uh, might come with a 48 megapixel ultra wide angle camera, Wi-Fi 7 support, and upgraded Bluetooth and ultra wide band chips, which is interesting. Uh, but apparently it could be changed and it's not final. So we might not be getting that update next year, but it could come potentially. And according to him, the iPhone 16 Pro naturally will come with the A18 Bionic chip because iPhone uh, and the regular iPhone uh, will come with the A17 Bionic. It's kind of like what we might be seeing this year and and what happened from last year when Apple decided to offer a a the newest generation chips the newest generation a series processors on the pro variants and have left uh, last year's sort of chip yesteryear's chip on uh the on the regular iphone because apparently people won't tell much of a difference it's fair but you never know i mean the pro you have a much faster display you have a more beefier cameras like you, you like it doesn't you won't get the of course you won't be able to tell the difference but Obviously, when you get a much faster processor, there's differences in load times and using heavier, they're doing quite heavier uh, apps and tasks like you know taking photos or playing games. So there is a difference, but yeah, I mean for most people, they won't be able to tell the difference. But expect this 
arrangement to kind of continue for next year's iPhones that we're going to be getting the next gen A series chip will be for the Pro and so on and so forth and also apparently the iPhone 16 Pro might be coming with a 48 megapixel main camera ultra wide angle camera mind you not the main the main already has that but the ultra wide will be getting a beefier sensor at 48 megapixels um pretty much and uh and yeah you as i've said we might be getting bluetooth and wi-fi the newer variant on the 16 pro it's not really news more like basically a, a kind of a expectation or a rumor it's not concrete so uh, take this with a take this information with a pinch of salt if you can moving on uh, let's talk again about the iphone 15 apparently uh, industry sources have told 95 mac that some of the iphone 15 models probably the pro at best uh, or the regular even can support fast charging at up to 35 watts which is uh, surprising given that the current iphone 14 series the pro uh, ha is limited at 27 watts and the iphone 14 is limited to 20 watts apparently but when you get 35 watt fast charging and it's also given that um, apparently there you can get a USB-C charger that charges up to full 35 watts but uh, this means that um, at these speeds for example at 27 watts it would take two hours to charge an iPhone 14 Pro Max with if the 15 is expected to come with 35 watt fast charging I think it's because there's will be the USB-C port it's kind of almost a certain and that means that you get much faster voltage uh, you have a much higher voltage because of the USB-C compared to lightning and lightning might potentially have had the limitation of of not carrying higher current whereas USB-C has gone much further to 50 to 100 watts with you know USB 4 Thunderbolt and much much more whereas uh, here obviously we're we'll using uh, Apple's sort of standard uh, potentially but the fact you can get up to 35 watts fast charging this is impressive if it ends up being the case interesting another rumor that has also been uh, mentioned is that Apple won't be offering a leather case for the iPhone 15 so but that shouldn't be really a drill breaker I mean um, it won't be a deal breaker because I think this is an environmental reason why they're not going to do that. They're looking to apparently they're looking to use synthetic materials, you know, like um, can't think of ones that come to mind, but you know, synthetic leather and those kinds of alternatives as a kind of to you know to protect the environment and reduce their impact uh, because leather, you know, there is vegan leather. The if you have driven a Tesla, that's there of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not really surprising and it shouldn't be a deal breaker, frankly speaking. But yeah, it's interesting uh, that uh, we might be getting much higher current for the iPhone 15 at 30, up to 35 watts. So this is going to be interesting. And uh, I don't think Apple's going to talk at length about this. This is going to be like a behind the scenes thing. If the iPhone 15 comes with USB-C support, then naturally this this capability will be there in the background. And if you have a much, if you have a beefy uh, char uh, wall charger that can handle that fast charging, then you're able to tell that difference. And you know, the real difference would be the time it would take to uh, charge the phone up, and it would be way less than right around an hour or less. But while we're at it uh, with the whole USB-C and fast charging, uh, we've gotten photos uh, on online uh, purportedly showing a charging port for the iPhone 15 
and the 15 Pro and the 15 Pro Plus and uh, Pro Max and the iPhone 15 Plus and ideally how uh, all of them are shown to have USB-C instead of Lightning but also that apparently the ground in VBUS pins on the USB-C port have longer lengths than other data pins um, which means that this is the standard USB-C configuration and it shows plenty of detail pretty much and uh, that apparently the design that Apple's gone with this L-shape uh, charging plug means that it'll be more uh, it'll be more stable and will have less damage potentially but also that these leaked photos have shown that uh, it might come with Thunderbolt USB 4 supports. Now the iPads on the other hand have had USB-C and have Thunderbolt supports so you can connect external storage, you can get hubs and stuff. That's kind of been there already and um, and the Macs have had it of course because the Macs went to USB-C many years back. It's gonna be a few years time it's gonna be almost, I think it was like it's been uh, eight years since Apple uh, switched around to USB-C for the Mac. So that's that. But um, apparently uh, based on the photos, a, a more close up, the chip shown next to the USB-C plug apparently is an IC that can handle the Thunderbolt uh, slash USB 4 standard. So it'll be interesting to see if Apple does go ahead with this. They won't obviously talk about it as I've said earlier, but um, USB 4 is interesting which means they could uh, that not only they're switching to USB-C, uh, but also they're offering much faster throughput uh, through a wired plug. I was kind of expecting that Apple was going to be like, well, we're, we have USB-C, it's just okay. You can use MagSafe. MagSafe will let you do even high-speed data transfers, but it seems like Apple is looking to switch to USB-C with a bang. Uh, but also it's not surprising given that the iPad and the AirPods all use, um, okay, uh, the iPads are now on USB-C and the Macs are, so it won't be surprising that the iPhone uh, goes to USB-C. So, yeah, it's almost for certain. It's almost uh, it's almost a guarantee. It's a given now that uh, the, these next iPhones will be coming with USB-C. It's exciting, though, and also will make life easy for everyone in the process because if you don't get a wall plug in the box you can buy a third-party one and you get even good ones out there because USB-C is quite mature and a lot of, uh, of phones and devices already come with it and you know you can easily get charging cables so that'll be interesting. Moving on, um, the iPhone 15 uh, and the 15 Pro and Pro Max have already been certified in India assertive so uh, my smart price has uh, revealed that they've uh, found they've spotted a new Apple smartphone with the model number a3094 on the uh, on the uh, certificate on the authorities website the Bureau of Indian Standards or BIS which is obviously the main uh, standards board in India which means that's already sort of certified and also along with it other model number okay this is this been added sort of uh, A3094, which means that the iPhone 15 series will kind of be will be launching soon, and it's kind of confirmed and it's been registered. Um, and also, apparently, whatever. Speaking of which, I've kind of read online that Apple is also now starting to manufacture the iPhone 15 um, in India, sort of. And now they're doing it at the same time they're doing it in China, not afterwards, not months after 
uh, like they've done for previous iPhones means that they're starting to produce it both in China and India at the very same time. But and of course for Apple it's more about diversifying the supply chain uh, to depend far less on China and to other countries so they still have a more uh, smoother, um, you could say a more smoother uh, supply chain and a smoother distribution throughout. Um, but yeah, all right, jumping over to other sort of uh, rumors. Firstly, uh, two leakers pretty much, Max Jambor and Yugesh Barar on X or Twitter uh, have reported, have tweeted about, uh, in the past couple of days, have tweeted about uh, some upcoming details about Oppo and Vivo's new, uh, Oppo and uh, OnePlus's foldables. Firstly, Jambor mentioned that the Find N3 Flip will be, uh, will be launching on July 29, uh, on August 29th, sorry, August 29th. So that's basically at the end of this month, pretty much. Oppo has not obviously reported or mentioned or have said that they are doing a launch event, but according to him, we expect to see a new uh, Oppo uh, foldable at the end of this month, apparently. And, and then also Brar Onyx also uh, went on to state that, quote, Oppo Find N3 Flip China launches schedule for the end of August. Uh, in his words, OnePlus Open Global launch is expected by late September, early October. Now, I didn't mention it last week, but OnePlus was like apparently supposed to reveal and launch their like first ever foldable phone, but it kind of got delayed because of quality control issues and this display being funny. So, um, and they've had to change the display and that's meant a bit of a delay, but like a whole month or two. But now the, uh, according to him, the OnePlus Open uh, will kind of be launching uh, late next month to early October, so that's pretty interesting. Apparently, the delay, according to him, the delay for the OnePlus Open is not just due to the display switch, but also due to the Nokia Oppo royalty uh, case. If you don't know, uh, Nokia sort of sued Oppo because Oppo uh, infringed on a whole bunch of Nokia patents in the European Union and now Oppo can't really sell like phones in Germany. We've kind of talked about it earlier uh, in case you missed it, uh, but it's pretty interesting uh, that that was the cause of the delay. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, the Find N3 flip is expected. It's kind of like the N2 flip will come with even more features. It's going to have a different form factor from the looks of it. A 6.8 inch uh, LTPO AMOLED display on the inside and a three inch cover display according to Android Authority. And uh, along with that, apparently we might be getting a 50 megapixel main camera, eight megapixel ultra wide and 32 megapixel telephoto sensor on the outside and on the inside, a 32 megapixel selfie camera, a, tri -ca a triple camera display on a folding flip phone. Again, this is compared to Samsung that probably only packs two sensors on uh, the regular and ultra wide on their folding flip phone. That's pretty interesting in a way. Uh, weirdly enough, uh, digital chat station on Weibo uh, also like sort of almost mentioned that you know Oppo's looking to launch a smartwatch along with the Fine N3 Flip, which is the Oppo uh, Watch 4 Pro, and it sort of goes on and on that it have have a faster chip and again have a five day battery life and again. Uh, come with, uh, you can use stainless steel, so it's going to be a premium uh, smartwatch to go with the Find N3 Flip. So, a uh, pretty cool set of news. Uh, moving on, uh, beyond just Android phones generally, um, this sort of broke today, earlier today, 
uh, we've got leaked photos of the Lenovo Legion Go and the simplest way to the photos kind of show what is kind of Lenovo's answer to the Steam Deck the ROG Ally it's got a it's shaped imagine try to imagine a Nintendo Switch but with a form factor of the ROG Ally and make it a little whole lot a bit bigger a little bit touch bit bigger generally speaking and you've got the Legion Go and on the sides you have the uh, the controllers and they're sort of kind of like Joy-Cons uh, the simplest way to explain and basically the Legion Go is like a very large display in the middle uh, from the photos uh, and also a, f a kickstand at the back full length kickstand uh, unlike what you get on the ROG or the Steam Deck uh, interestingly and apparently it will come with trigger buttons and even shoulder uh, buttons two of them on either side left and right and also that it might be coming with Windows 11 according to Windows report that obviously broke the news and there we could be seeing two USB-C ports, a powered button, headphone jack, a volume controls, micro SD uh, card slot and also the fact that the controllers obviously slide out to be Joy-Cons which is interesting uh, in a way and obviously be running Windows 11 and it's kind of like the RG Ally uh, in the in, in the same league pretty much it's 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 a competitor to the rg ally plain and simple it's up against that the steam deck is in a whole nother uh let's say in a whole nother uh, league of its own in the handheld space because it runs steam and steam users are more likely to get the steam deck because all their games will run comfortably on the deck whereas the rg ally it's for pc gamers and then the legion go is kind of like in the same arena more or less and also lots of the you know the the mark whole markets popped up for uh handheld gaming pcs like the iron neo the gpt uh handhelds and so many more and then lenovo kind of has their own option now but as i said this is kind of their answer to the rg ally and it looks but it looks quite interesting and uh this uh but also weirdly enough the uh the thumb the what do you call them the thumbsticks i've, I've kind of lost count of these the thumb the what do you call them? the joysticks yeah the 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 thumbsticks they have a ring they have some led light around them which means that they have rgb on them which is pretty interesting little tidbit that i picked up on the uh pictures here so that might be the case you never know uh so yeah it's uh, if you go see the p images online it really is like a much slightly bigger uh you know knockoff of the rg ally but if it was made by uh lenovo so that's pretty interesting and uh pretty cool huh so i uh, can't wait for the uh, legion go if it ever comes out that is um and lastly uh microsoft's apparently now going to be doing an event on thursday september 21st 2023 and um no surprises here this will basically be the event where they show off a little update to windows 11 with some more ai features uh and new surface uh devices new surface laptop and tablet i've actually sorry to say i've forgotten that surfaces exist like microsoft like uh, uh window uh, microsoft makes uh, surface tablets and laptops i've forgotten that they actually do that it's so weird uh you know all right, let's talk about another interesting new gadget. Uh, the very rare we talk about random procs are very interesting. And this one is the LG Standby Me Go. Now, if you recognize the word Standby Me, that's basically because LG actually makes a, a sort of a portable TV called the LG Standby Me. And it's, and it's a very cool device. 
uniquely it's a unique product for a unique audience it's probably a small sort of koshian market of people who want a small smart tv that basically is a like you can use all over the house and it's powered on on a battery and you can watch a movie on it comfortably but not oppenheimer you can't watch oppenheimer on this it's not got a long battery life but you can get it move around the house and so you can watch content consume stuff on it it's pretty interesting and they've made basically a portable hand carry version of it let's just say that uh the, the that the original one's like on a stand but this one this one is different the lg stand by me go is basically a portable version of the stand by me a very cool looking smart tv on a stand and you can take it all over the house except this one you can take it wherever you can take things on the world you can bring this you can bring this onto a plane you can put it in your car and you can take it anywhere you can use it in a camper you can use it uh, while you're out camping or at a farmhouse or on holiday it's pretty cool you get a 27 inch full hd display uh, LED, it supports HDR and Dolby Vision, comes with WebOS, so it has all the streaming apps you can expect, and all the LG Smart TV functionality that you can expect. Uh, touch screen, of course, which is great, so you can play games and, again, navigate the interface without any issues. A 20-watt speaker system with support for Dolby Atmos. Um, it has a sleek sort of uh, suitcase design. This means you can... Uh, you can carry the display anywhere, but you, when you open it up, there's space for the speaker, but also when you open it up, generally, you can uh, have it laid down. You can pop it out and have it in vertical or landscape. So that's pretty interesting in a way. And you get three hours of battery life, so it's pretty uh, interesting, that is. It's pretty good for if you're going, if you want to have a display on holiday, so you can you know, watch movies on it or, uh, you know, uh, binge watch youtube or tiktok and stuff like that so it's pretty cool uh product and it costs a thousand dollars so a thousand dollars is a lot but you're basically paying for the convenience of carrying a portable display all over and a portable display that comes with a robust smart tv or shall i say an os uh web os kind of so if you i mean but if you kind of don't like the size of it you can get a portable projector and that can kind of pull the same tricks here but this is a full-blown display, and wherever you go, you get a full-blown HD display with HDR. The HDR part is very nice. It's good for when you're taking it out, outdoors. Very sensible of LG. I'm sure they already make displays to support HDR, but this is very versatile because when you're out in the, out in the sunshine, I don't know, watching a sports event or watching anything on, your, on that display, you won't be able to see it in the sunshine. So the HDR definitely will come in handy, and very useful uh more or less so it's pretty cool and again you're paying for that functionality you're paying for the software and just for the experience that you get a portable tv that you can literally carry on anywhere like pocket tvs are no longer a thing because we have smartphones you know i don't know if most of you remember there used to be portable tvs where you can sort of uh where it's like a big fat um a piece of electronic and uh it's a pretty fat gadget and it had an antenna it had outputs it had inputs uh, so you can connect stuff to it and had like a measly 30 minute battery life or one hour battery life at best and you can it's like you know pocket tvs yeah portable tvs are pocket tvs you can google them or you know look it up on youtube when you have the free time to do so uh, but they're very cool products and you can essentially be able to go and watch tv anywhere wherever you can bring it over and it's exactly the same thing except this is a smart tv that you can carry this is a pocket smart tv that's it there we go we've uh, i've said it it's a pocket smart tv 
I mean, you can, of course, of course, if you want, you can buy an external display. Uh, you can buy, you know, a portable screen, connect a Fire TV stick. You can do the same. Uh, you can do the same thing in that sense. You can buy a smart projector, but uh, come on. Uh, this is the closest thing to a pocket smart TV, more or less. Uh, a pretty cool product, uh, nonetheless. But uh, if you have a thousand dollars and you want a bit of a pocket smart TV, a portable, t a portable screen to go around and w uh, to take with you anywhere and to consume content on, this is uh, uh, this is a pretty cool product. And I'm sure you can do quite a lot. And if you plug it into full power, to mains power, you can run it for the whole day. And you can watch, uh, you can watch your sports. You can, you know, watch uh, YouTube and TikTok on it. So it's a pretty uh, fun gadget, uh, in a way. Alrighty, this leads us to the end of this week's episode. What do you think of everything you've heard today so far? Let me know. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and X, and Threads at saidarskomaun99. Follow me there if you can. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening right now. If you're on Apple or Spotify, leave a review because uh, ratings and reviews will really bump this show up in the search results because if you search for Mawun something, then you get a million other podcasts called Mawun something and something that. So if you can leave a rating or review, that'll be wonderful and I'll absolutely bump the show up in the results when you go to find it. And yeah, till next week, this is your boy Mawun signing out. Where we are, whatever you're up to, I hope you're doing well. And again, thank you very much for listening. Ciao.